Hey, what's up, uh, Wrestling Nation? Ward Wrestling Live here. We have another absolutely incredible wrestling mind in our country. It's uh, Coach Jessica Medina. She's the women's developmental coach for USA Wrestling. Uh, a little bit about her, two-time WCWA champ at Cumberland's, two-time world team member, six-time national team member, uh, presenter with the NWCA, three-time US Open champ, junior world bronze, and we could keep going and going. She's done so many amazing things and we could just talk her up, but uh, she's here with us. Um, Coach Jessica Medina, thank you so much for coming on. It's just an honor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, first things first, um, I, I think everybody's been affected by the coronavirus and, and the pandemic and things like that. How has, um, how have you guys at USA Wrestling been affected and, and how has this kind of affected your off season? Um, well, I would say one, there's not really an off season, especially leading into Olympic year, which now going into another Olympic year. <laughs> um, for us, it's been pretty tough as far as being in Colorado Springs and the Olympic Paralympic Training Center has been shut down for a few months now and is still shut down at the moment. They're starting to open up little by little. And that's where our main uh, our training facility is at, our strength and conditioning. A lot of our resources are right there at the training center. So it has deeply impacted our women's resident program as well as the Greco and, and men's freestyle. Um, we have had a transition to having workouts outside and, and social distancing and, and, you know, kind of following those guidelines of Colorado state and then whatever our county's doing. So it's been tough. Um, you know, I think at first it was, you know, everyone's kind of eagerly waiting what's going to happen. And all right, we started all these zoom workouts and zoom calls. And then after a while that got old and, you know, I think everyone was kind of zoned out, including myself. And so I think, you know, just that anticipation of like, okay, when are we going to get back to training? And on top of that, we have some of our Olympic hopefuls, um, world medalists here in town, and, you know, they're trying to figure out what their training regimen looks like. They went from getting ready to peak for Olympic trials and then um, the games to now, you know, getting back into wrestling and, and trying to stay in shape and stay motivated. So it's been really difficult um, you know, and I think that's where that mindset that wrestlers have of just um, being resilient and pushing through and, and loving the sport, all those things are being tested right now um, across the board. So it uh, sounds like we're going to be starting up soon um, with small groups and getting tested and, you know, um, following a lot of the guidelines. So, you know, it's going to be a test run and we're going to do it as safe as possible. But man, um, it's better than nothing. So <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I just got an email that said you guys are doing a, a like a three or four day virtual wrestling clinic. Like there's going to be a class that looked like in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, like a 9am, 3pm, a 6pm. Mm -hmm. so, I, I don't remember the exact times, but I did see your name on there as a coach. So I know, you know, yeah, they got me. No, um, <laughs> I was like, I can do this. Uh, I can wrestle the, the lamp. I don't know. Um, <laughs> kind of recruit yeah, we're doing a virtual clinic uh, for our younger age group, 13 to 17. And originally that was supposed to be at the training center. So 
now we're going to offer it uh, virtually. And if you look at the lineup, it's our entire, almost our entire national team coaching staff. So it's pretty stacked <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of getting ready for that next week and, and kind of just going with the flow of having a development camp online for the first time and what that looks like. So we'll see how that goes. And hopefully I think regardless, it'll be beneficial. And again, looking at the list of names on there, like, I mean, I, I'm going after Kevin Jackson and then you've got Clarissa Chun and Bill Zadig, all these people on the lineup. So hopefully it's a, it's a good uh, development camp. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Now, um, and we'll get into some other stuff, but I don't know if you know this or not, but is it, is it per person or if, like if I buy, if I buy one camp package, can both my kids be in front of the computer, obviously? Oh yeah, yeah, for a family package. And I wanna say there might even be a deal for state directors and how they disperse that. And Mike Clayton's the contact for that. So we you know, definitely wanna get people signed up. And, and if you're her household or, or you have a team and a coach purchases that, you'd be able to do something. Yeah, I just um, I sent I forwarded the the email to my fourteen year old. He's probably taking a nap or outside working out, <laughs> doing what teenagers do to see if he and his brother want to come on. So um, they both turn they they turn fifteen and twelve. So perfect, close enough. Yeah, they need something to do. They yeah. they've been beating each other <laughs> up. <Yeah. laughs> Coach Angelo Price, best all-around person, the funky Cole Medina. What's up? <laughs> hey, Angelo's my, uh, my well, I wouldn't say college teammate. He's on the men's team at Cumberland's, but yeah, fellow wrestler. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, nice guy. So um, first of all, I, I, I know I wrote down um, something that, that is very important to you is, is your mentorship program and, and what you do as far as mentoring young, mostly women now, or are you doing men and women? Um, right now, women, yeah. And yeah, it's funny, cause you're like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I can give you like a hundred things we can yeah, talk Yeah, I, I love it, it makes it easy. Cause then it doesn't take me like an hour and a half to prep for the show. So like I've learned as I go to ask that question on Calendly and I just, I cross my fingers. Like even if someone puts one thing there, it, it makes my job easier to get down the road. But yeah, when you put all that stuff, I was like, Oh, that's dope. And plus <laughs> when I have other girls on, so that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I talked about obviously you're the developmental coach, so I'm sure you're not just developing women wrestlers, but mind wise and just keeping on them and getting them through life and but talk about it. Yeah. So um, first, before I took this position, I was a college coach. And so I, you know, worked with that age group between 18 to 21, 22, whatnot. Uh, and then uh, once I took this role, my, my age group transitioned to um, basically our U15 cadet juniors all the way to our senior residents. So really, uh, if you're 12 and up um, and you are, you know, top three or all American status within your age group, you will most likely meet me or get an email from me or have some sort of contact. And so, you know, for me, I think I'm really enjoying this role even more than I thought that I would um, because, you know, it's tough working with teenagers in general, but once, you know- I live with one. 
Yeah, especially, you know, and, and whether it's teenage boys or teenage girls, but the cool part is we all have wrestling in common. So it's really fun um, to talk about wrestling and to, you know, talk about the things outside of wrestling that impact our lives and our careers. And those are the things I'm most interested about because these girls, you know, once I meet them, they've already had the coaches teaching them technique, the partners, you know, we, we try to provide more opportunities and more education, um, you know, whatever, whether it's sports psych or nutrition, um, you know, more focused technical areas, female partners, uh, you know, and I think the big, the piece that I love the most is what are the topics that will help these, these young girls uh, progress in their athletic career, progress as a female, progress hopefully into their collegiate career? You know, what are those things that they need, uh, you know, a coach um, or a mentor of some sort to talk to them about that maybe their, their high school coach isn't talking about, or maybe their parents don't know a lot about the sport, you know, and I, I try to ask myself, where can I step in and, and raise these topics and talk about, you know, what's going on in their lives, what's, what's happening off the mat, because those things are going to affect them, you know, on and off the mat that the relationship is there. So, or how can we use the skills on the mat that we've learned? And how does that correlate to the issues you deal with on a day to day basis, being a teenager in, in 2020, you know, so for me, I, I really love mentoring um, athletes and all the way even for me too is, is are it more female coaches, you know, it's just we need more female coaches um, as the sport continues to grow and overall not just with wrestling but you know just figuring out how to get more females involved as they they get married they have kids because we need more female mentors um, you know within our community and not just for a girls team for boys right we need I think we need that equal um, just that that equal um, what's the word I'm thinking of um, well, we just, we just need equal participation from each, just, just so those complement each other. So I down the line would love to mentor, doesn't matter boy or girl for now. My focus is obviously with the women and it comes sure. really natural, but like, I don't want to ever limit myself to that. I want it to grow in a broader spectrum as I continue in my wrestling career or my coaching career. So. Sure. Now, if I'm a, um, if I'm a young lady out there, but I'm not top two or three in whatever, I don't qualify for, for USA wrestling or something right now, but, but I, I'd love to be mentored by Jessica Medina, or, or I need some help in my life. Are you somebody that they can reach out to? How can they do that? Um, I'm sure you'll never blow somebody off, but um, is it, are there girls out there that need to know, hey, you don't have to be the, the, the elite wrestler, but if you need help with life, if you need guidance, if you need moral support, you know, we're here for you? Yeah, I think, you know, it's tough, like one-on-one, -on -one, especially like you just want to be careful um, communicating like with minors and all that kind of fun stuff. So I definitely try to keep my doors open. Um, if there was, you know, an athlete who had any questions, the best thing that they can do is, is have their parent email me, which I've had parents, um, you know, who, their daughters, they may be just starting, they may be wanting to understanding the infrastructure of how to make a world team or how to get on that podium or whatever that is, um, you know, they can email me and I'll be able to answer their questions. And 
another thing too that we started doing um, in this whole time, this time at home is we did a video, well, not video series, but my hope is to turn it into a video series, but we did a Zoom series on just conversations about topics in girls wrestling. And we, you know, it's so hard to get the word out um, because I personally want to offer that to as many female athletes or even male athletes um, as possible. So that is something that I want, I hope to offer to everyone, not just our national team. It's just easier in communication, but if there's a better way to communicate that, um, I definitely, I, I think every single girl should have that opportunity. And if that turns into a video and that that is something that's out there, I think that's the best way to help these young athletes because then they hear these conversations like, oh, I'm not the only one having this problem or I'm not the only one um, you know, having this adversity. And it's really cool to hear like there's some other people talking about the same things that I'm dealing with. Yeah, and just also, girls out there and girls parents out there that maybe don't know wrestling like I didn't know wrestling as a boy's parent and I'm kind of learning as, as I go I think I kind of went a little extra to learn but <laughs> most people don't do that um but yeah it's good to know that hey there's people out there that these parents can reach out to and um because unfortunately there are shitty things that happen to humans and they need to know that they've got help to get through it so that's awesome and um you know, a question I have, I've had a lot of um, really awesome girl wrestlers on that are now like at Grandview and, and all over the country and, and they're just kicking ass in life and it's awesome. And, and it's good to see that girls wrestling is starting to get sanctioned everywhere because, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you about is how, how you prepare them for the next level, right, as far as college wrestling. And talking to those girls, they would tell me that it was it was a tough transition because they've been having to wrestle boys because that's all the opportunities that was given to them was to wrestle boys. And with the boys, they're taught to, you know, they're going for legs, going for legs, going for legs because upper body strength is so much stronger than they are. So they're, they're taught to wrestle legs. And then when they, when they transition to wrestling girls, they've got to go upper body more now because girls legs and hips and things are just different. Right. And, uh, and, and, and it's a tough transition. How do we, well, hopefully now with girls being sanctioned, kind of it's coming through the country, they won't have that issue in the future, but how do you prepare them for the next level mentally? And also, do you start to get them in the room with girls? Do you start to have them doing upper body? Is that the whole argument about girls should be doing Greco and they're not allowed or whatever? Um, you know, I would say there's definitely, some gaps in the transition. One, because um, high school programs are folk style and women wrestle freestyle in college. So that is usually a tough transition um, for parterre. And so, and, and actually like when you watch college wrestling, the ones that are dominating are the ones that are either upperclassmen and have had more years of experience or those younger girls who have more freestyle experience and transition really nicely from a takedown into a turn into scoring positions. So I think that's one area that is definitely a struggle for some high school girls who have only wrestled folk style and decide to go on to college. And then I would say if they've wrestled on their boys team, I think there's a lot of different dynamics. One, being on a boys team is a different feel from being on a, a, a girls team, just like men's and women's team. So, and, and it's not a, a, a good or bad, it's just different. 
And so getting acclimated onto, wow, I'm on a team of females and this brings a whole nother dynamic socially um, and in the room and outside the room. And then, you know, I would say to a technical aspect, um, you know, I would say hand fighting is tough for a lot of college women. Um, and I think maybe that's to the point that you're making where it is hard, you know, if you go boy to girl and they're, it's it, the hand fighting piece is a lot of strength. So attacking, getting to the legs, getting to that takedown and scoring is a really great tactic. And once you get to college, it's almost like you're taking a step back and learning like, oh, wait, I can actually hand fight and I can actually set this up and I'm not getting my head pounded or smashed. I can actually get to my collar tie first or snap this person's head because usually I'm the one getting snapped. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's where it's, it's, it could be different and improved. And that's where, you know, honestly, like my personal preference is having male and female partners because they both bring a different dynamic, but having each sanction for competition in their, their own right is very important. Yeah, let them train together, you know. Uh, and I think all those girls said they're, they're happy that they had to go the route they did just because fighting the boys made them tougher, but, um, but they want to see girls get the chance to get real medals and be on the real stage and be in the real platform. And I mean, it's not 1927 anymore. So like, you know, what the hell, right? Come on, <laughs> ridiculous. But uh, it looks like the wave has started. So it's, that's an amazing thing. And, uh, and it's great. I mean, there's so many amazing women around the country that I've had the opportunity to speak with and meet just through this, starting this and, and, you know, they're not, you know, they're not like these bulk beast women that are this perception that if you wrestle, you're going to be this manly man. I mean, I've, I've met some absolutely incredibly beautiful women and they're, they're out there wrestling and they're keeping themselves in shape. And, you know, they, they have life partners and they're just doing amazing things. And it's not the perception that these idiots would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what sport do you do gymnastics you know like, yeah. like no and and if I'd say I, I was a wrestler they're like you're too pretty to wrestle you're too dainty or you're too this yeah. or that. and I'm like it's all good yet it takes time to ch change people's perspective and minds. well it's nice that you hear women say that when they go to a wrestling room now they're looked at as another wrestler and they can compete where you talk to probably you know women that went through Back, like I talked to Coach Arliss Fias up at Grandview, and she said, you know, when we'd go to the room, it would be like people would forfeit. They didn't want to wrestle you. They didn't want to get beat by a girl. And now it's nice to see that that whole thing is kind of left. So that's that's awesome and good for you guys. And uh, what about the pros and cons of a multi-sport athlete? I know you had mentioned something about uh, there are some goods and bads to that. And talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think just like anything, there's a time and a place. Um, and in talking about specialization in one sport, I think one, it's very individual. And, and I think that's a family decision, athlete, family, coach, um, you know, you kind of bring your inner circle in and look at the whole athlete. But, you know, and I'll say from personal experience, I was, I was, I ran track, I did cross country. And by my junior, senior year, that's when I joined wrestling. So I was a three-sport athlete all the way through my senior year. Going into college, I ran track my first two years. And I wasn't, I, I was, 
probably competed in like the minimum of what I needed to. Um, and I just let it supplement my wrestling. But, you know, I think for me, I had to make a decision at some point, like, okay, when, when is this hurting my, my ultimate goal? And also having kind of that outlet of like, I need something different besides wrestling um, or whatever sport it is, right? When you're, you're in one sport, you're around that family, that culture, the language, and in a, it's so easy to become one track minded um, and in that, that community that you might be missing out on other communities, you know, and, and especially as a high school, I'd say middle school and high school, you know, I think you are still figuring out, you know, what your potential is, where you fit in, um, you know, what, you know, I think as an upperclassman, you're, you can start to gauge what those things are and really focus in on those things. Um, but I think it also helps with burnout and just changing it up and not, not competing all year or, or in one sport or maybe taking a break in between and having a hobby might be great. You know, those things I think are not praised enough because, you know, you, you, you want to focus on the discipline that you're in and you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to be the best in that. But, you know, I had a, a, a couple athletes on our national team for juniors and cadets and, you know, they play another sport and they loved it. It was great to see them have, you know, their, their friends and also um, have like this separate life from wrestling. And then when it was time, they dedicated themselves to the national team schedule to competing but you know for them it was really important mentally and emotionally to have that and I think um, you know another aspect of it from a physical standpoint is specialization can lead to more injuries you know if you're especially if you're you know executing a single leg and a double leg for 10 years uh, I'm pretty sure you're gonna end up with some sort of injury just by the nature of repetition and how hard the sport is on your body. Same thing for a pitcher, a batter, or um, a basketball player, right? So I think there's a lot of those aspects. Um, it does. I think the the con of it is you you do you could slow down that progression, right? And if you're trying to do two things, great. One's gonna suffer. Um, so that's a balancing act. And again, like as you get older and progress, you might be like, you know what, this whole wrestling thing, like it's good for me when I'm in season, or you might say like, man, I really love wrestling. And, you know, one, one hobby or sport might have to take um, a hit as far as time and, and practicing. Cause in, in the meantime too, right. You need that break and that rest from training and competing. But, um, you know, I think it's all very individualized but to maybe go to one end of the spectrum or the other, I think it's hurtful either way and finding a balance of, okay, if I'm not going to join another sport, then I, maybe I have another hobby outside of my sport that helps me be a whole person, do something different, engage different muscles, still use the same mentality. You can still train wrestling. If you, if you are a wrestler, right, you can still find that crazy mentality and place it somewhere else <laughs> and, and do that. So. Um, you know, I switching styles like um, like I know people have been saying you, you do folk style during the year or something now go off and do like a freestyle or a Greco does that does that help you almost check out and you're almost doing a different sport because you're learning something different you're doing something fun your focus is on something else or would you say completely go off and find a separate hobby from the sport totally um, no I think 
I think that is, again, it's individualized. Some kids might look at it like, oh, good, it's the off season. I'm still getting on the mat and I'm going to go wrestle Greco or, or freestyle and just have a good time. And I think just that mental um, transition of like, okay, this isn't like the season where I'm, I'm aiming to be state champ or maybe they are, maybe it's flip-flop. Maybe some kids are like, yeah, I'm looking forward to freestyle Greco season. Um, but again, like where is that break that you might need in, in the year? Where's that off season? So I think it is, again, individualized to each kid and athlete. Well, we have a break this year. Yeah, we have a break. Hopefully everyone's uh, healthy and really energized. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all not lucky enough to be up there in those Colorado mountains. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it is beautiful outside. I, I definitely hike more and get outside. And, um, you know, being in the wrestling room, I was like, more vitamin d in my life and now i'm like okay um, when two we get beautiful two beautiful places you come from cali and then colorado yeah in colorado yeah i'm i've been really lucky yeah. so. i've been up to colorado a few times and i always say that i think colorado is heaven like you just if you get up into those mountains and you're we've been up for the summer and the winter and we take those either the four-wheeling tours up to the top of the mountain or the snowmobiling tours and then they take you to like this peak up there by Beaver Creek or Vale, and then you look over the world, and you're just like, "Wow, man, God's got a great view." <laughs> you're just like, it's wow. amazing. It is. I look out the windows, and I'm like, "Man, there's mountains everywhere. We got the Rockies. We're just, it's like artwork." So I'm. It's not a bad place to be yeah, in the summer, there. not in the wrestling room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to be there too. I'd prefer the beach, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's one of my questions in my 10 questions, Cali beaches or Colorado mountains. <laughs> so I know that, um, what do we have here that's uh, really important? All of it, like we could just keep going. Um, I think the next thing you should talk about is, man, bullying, that really sucks. That's kind of shitty. So let's talk about bullying. I know that a lot of girls and boys, um, unfortunately, are bullied and then, um, they get into the wrestling room and then they're still kind of made fun of for wearing the tights. I know I've been through that with my son. Um, now he's not getting bullied anymore. He's 5'10 and 152 pounds and he works out every day. And when he came back from the off season, the kids that bullied him, no more. So that's good. But talk about um, talk about that and, and how, how important wrestling has become to those kids to get them out of that. Um, I don't know, the anxiety of being bullied, I mean, it just sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, if anyone's being bullied, I'll handle it. No, I'm just, um, can't say that anymore. Mommy! <laughs> um, <Bobby>. Yeah, no. <laughs> call safe. <laughs> no, kidding. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a conversation that I've had with a few coaches and athletes. And I think the dynamic one, recognizing it happens, whether you're male or female, it happens in uh, multiple sports and, and how as a coach, can you help with that? But how as a parent, can you help your athlete help your child? I think it starts with those conversations um, because one, kids are reluctant to tell their parents that they're 
being picked on or being bullied um, by the time you actually hear about it might be a late conversation. Um, so parents really kind of checking in with their kids and, and not so much of, you know, the details of practice and, and what went on, but, you know, who are their friends or how are they liking it? And, you know, what, just checking their temperament after practices and just, you got, you really got to pay attention more, um, which is tough because we're all doing our own thing. And sometimes, you know, we can miss those signals or signs, but of course you as a parent know your, your son or daughter the best. Um, so it's, I think it starts there. And even if it's not happening to your child, I think having that conversation with them, because, you know, they they could, this may not be an issue or it may be something they're seeing or something they're a part of, or it could be something that, you know, they might be facing, they might be bullied, being bullied in some ways, or they might, they might be a part of that group that's bullying someone else. So being really, I think, straightforward with your kids and like what that looks like, what are you teaching them? What are the values and standing up for themselves and others, you know, and then I would say, you know, it's interesting because I, um, I don't know if you've watched, it's like a 11, 12 minute short video called Zion. Have you seen that on Netflix? I haven't. Okay. Um, so you got to watch it. Yeah. It's, um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, he's a wrestler. He goes to Kent. I can't remember, but he was born without legs. Um, basically his whole lower body and he's a wrestler and, um, he talked, like the, in the 11 minute film, you see him kind of get bullied and he wasn't very confident. And I just thought like, I'm like, who would bully someone with two limbs who's coming into wrestling? And like, you see it time and time again. And I think, I think like the pattern in wrestling is like, you want it to be like, it's the toughest, only the toughest can be in here. And then you get tested and then like, you're welcomed in the group and everyone's a family, you know, okay. until that point, like, are you tough enough to be in here? And like walk, I walk in the line in the gangs, you know, they break you in and then yeah, <laughs> you're like, you're like, are you suffering enough with us? You know, like, and I also think that kids, um, they start to act like they react as a joke where, so instead of showing the pain or showing that it's hurting them, mm-hmm. they'll react as a Oh yeah, haha, I am, I am an idiot, or I am like whatever the, the thing is, and and then but you, you they never show that pain and you really gotta dig deep to get it. And um and and now and now I mean I don't I don't get the same reactions now from my children. Um just because of well the older one found wrestling and now the older one obviously teaches the younger one and makes sure the younger one understands that you can't react like I did when I didn't know better and you can't do this. Mm-hmm. You can't allow them to get to you. And, um, <clears throat> it's been great. I mean, I tell people my son went 0 and 30 and never had an opportunity to go like cadets or junior cadet or whatever school boys or whatever it is you call it to where you win and lose when you're younger. So I think I wouldn't want it any other way. I'd want him to lose those first 30 again. Cause I think it just made him understand like, all right, well, I want it that much, that much more. I don't quit. And, and then just to see his body change and see how much tougher he's gotten and, and the confidence to tell the kid that was making fun of him at the beginning of ninth grade or whatever, Hey, it's cool. Why don't you go out for the wrestling team? That is really, that's awesome. He told him, Hey, it's cool. You're tough. 
they're tougher than me, that's fine. Why don't you, instead of bull, trying to bully me, why don't you come out to the wrestling team and we'll get on the wrestling mat and we'll see who's the tougher one, you know? Yeah. And of course, yeah, I think that's a great outlet for, yeah. for kids that, you know, they don't even realize they need that outlet, especially, you know, and you, if you think about people that are bullying other people, that that comes from a place where they could have been bullied or they have some insecurity or the sole fact of they don't have an outlet. They don't even know how to express themselves. And so again, guiding them like to that place. And that's so cool that your son could do that. And, and he learned that through the process too of losing and wrestling. So that's- Yeah, yeah. he just said, hey, that's fine. Come out for the wrestling team. And if you're that tough, show us, you know? And He's like, come out for the wrestling team. I'll take you down. Okay. Yeah, of course the kid didn't show up. He's like, I got my posse's there. <laughs> no, I mean, of course the kid didn't show up. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go out for the wrestling team. And then he didn't show up. So, yeah, it's just, that's it. And that doesn't happen anymore. And and uh, he's good. I'm sure they have what kids happen to kids in college and high school. I'm sure they're still, you know, hey, you look funny in tights. You know, I'm pro- there's probably that kind of stuff still going on, but nothing where it was really demoralizing. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point, like separating what's demoralizing and what is something that you need to address and say, is this really true about me? Is, am I, you know, whatever the name calling or whatever that is, that's hard to do as a teenager. And I think that's why it's so important. Like you're, it sounds like, you know, you helped your son along the way and you, at some point too, you've, you kind of backed away or you've stepped in where you needed to, but just having your eyes on the whole situation and helping him where he needs to. And then eventually where he was able to confront that and say, okay, like this isn't true about me or I'm this person, you're this person, like let's handle it another way, you know? Yeah. And the guidance that, um, you know, coach Rose and coach wheel dryer that were in the room with him when he was 12 and 13, they're still there as coaches. And then the, the upperclassmen that were in the room that kind of take the underclassmen under their wing and, and coach them and stuff. And then it just makes them feel like, hey, the older kids like me, you know, and they start to <laughs> and, and it makes a difference when you're on a team or on a sport or doing something like that. And um, a lot of times, a lot of times the parents can't affect the child, but the coach can in, in certain ways. We parent, but um, their, their love for the sport, whatever sport they're they're participating in becomes their respect for their coach as like a, a third parent. And there's times where I've learned that uh, I need to just reach out to the coach and not my yeah. kid. And I need to coach, say, yeah. Help me out here. Like, I think that's what's hard too. Like the communication between parents and coaches. Sometimes I think it's like, it can be too much or it can be too little. And it's like, your team and we're here for the same reasons and both realizing like one coaches don't tell parents, you know, how to parent their child and parents don't need to tell coaches how to coach their child collaboration. I'm like, what is best for this kid? You know, like I just need to tell coach Rose, Hey, Daniel needs a few cross faces today. Really, (laughs) Yeah. Really talking bad at at that. No, but, it, you know, it, and it, it, it works. You tell your kid, hey, I'm going to call your coach, whether I'm calling Coach Rose, Coach Wheeldryer, or if I say I'm calling your club coach, Palazzo, 
you know, or, or, or Scott or whomever he's coaching with Donnie there, you know, I just say, look, I'll call your coaches and, and they, they kind of, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. Straighten up a little bit. <laughs> don't do yeah, it. Yeah. Because they don't care about losing anything other than the opportunity to have their sport. That's their outlet. That's where they thrive. That's where they check out. That's their piece. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, I, I figured that out. That's that's one way to keep them kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, if you're getting if you're if you're getting bullied out there, please find somebody. Don't be afraid to speak up because um, we don't need kids committing suicide. That's just horrible. Yeah, and um, and like like you said, like earlier, I mentioned safe sport is definitely um, it, it can be anonymous. If if there's an athlete, you know, who feels like they're not sure, they're too scared to confront the person, um, you know, that's a way to report it. And again, going to the coach, um, going to the parent, but if it, if it's a coach situation, then of course going to the parent and then you can, you know, take, again, talk that out, take that, report it if need be. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to, again, figure out like, what is this situation and is this okay? And what are the signs to this? And and that's where I think it can get really tough because again, the wrestling culture, it's like sometimes you're just like, this is what we're used to. This is what, you know, this is part of the system and I just need to suck it up. You know, I need to get tougher, um, you know, and I'm not, not gonna say anything, but you know, I think again, that's how you make this sport evolve instead of, you know, wrestling does have the toughest people. It does not mean, that we can't make it better by bringing light to these gray situations where like, no, we're gonna be a better sport. Like we haven't been very inclusive and that could hurt our sport long-term. We need to we need to change those ways, but still keep that core of like, yes, the wrestling mentality of it, it is tough to be here and not everyone can make it, but we wanna give everyone this opportunity to be part of the sport because it is great. You know, so it's and you don't want um, there's still young men and women and they're still being, you know, there's still, you know, that piece of that blank sheet of paper in their head is still being filled in for life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's got to be careful. But um, on a positive note, man, the landscape of women's wrestling is looking really good. Huh? I mean, you're starting to see uh, I mean, talk about you're starting to see sanctioning. You're starting to see colleges. NAIA has been growing. I've learned through this. And then I just saw where. Division one or the division series or what is it CAA instead of NAIA has started to bring women into schools there. So step in the right direction. I mean, I talk about where you guys are at or girls are at now. Yeah. And, and if it, if someone who's watching this, um, I don't want to say new to women's wrestling or girls wrestling, it's been around, but if you don't know like the details or the landscape, um, so just to reiterate, you know, there's 27 um, states that have recognized a girls state championship um, in Florida will be, that will happen in 2022. Um, like you said, the NCAA, um, the committee voted and recommended that women's wrestling becomes an emerging sports status for division one, two, and three. And then NAI, you are correct. Um, they received emerging sports status in 2019. And so um, that will, that's a similar, uh, kind of similar pathway the NCAA will take. They'll have an invitational tournament, which they did this past year. 
Um, it, it's not an official NCAA championship. Um, so the, NA, the NAI had their invitational. They were going to have their second one this year. And then the NCA, um, they'll need 40 programs, varsity programs, um, to be considered for official championship status. And so I, I believe the numbers are projected to be at 35 in August. I'm not sure what that time frame will be, and I'm, I, they might make adjustments just with um, COVID and how that affects sports and whatnot. So we're pretty close um, on that line and reaching that 40 school requirement. And there's already been schools who have committed for 2022. So I think we'll easily make um, you know, the 40 schools. And then overall, there's over 80 programs between NCAA, NAIA, and JUCO programs. So if you are a female wrestler and you think, well, I don't know freestyle wrestling, or I don't know a ton of wrestling, or I'm new to wrestling, and um, you want to continue on, there's still opportunities for you to wrestle because the high, there's all these uh, girls in high school um, that are participating, but to get them to wrestle on and be a collegiate athlete and actually make them understand like they can do it. They can, it's intimidating at first, but um, that's the landscape of women's wrestling. It, you're, it's still evolving. And now there's this gap between high school and colleges and there's all these programs that need to fill these rosters. So there's opportunity, I would say, to any girl that wanted to continue her wrestling career. And then, you know, it varies as far as scholarship opportunities, but there's definitely a place for you. Um, it seems like every day I'm seeing, it seems like every day on, on social media, I'm seeing like another NAIA school that has started girls wrestling. You know, they'll, they'll announce the coach. So now you know that it's happening and they'll say new program and, and it's it just, man, it, throughout this whole summer process, <clears throat> maybe um, maybe some of this quarantine has been good for people to kind of sit back and, and create some of this friction in, in, uh, in the women's wrestling to be able to come forth and find coaches and create a process. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I think without any athletic events happening, it's really made people confront like, okay, how can we grow our sport with act without actually being in our competitive um, status, being in, in that competition arena? Like, wait, what are we actually doing outside of the sport that's going to make this better? You know, and I think for not just for women's wrestling, but there's been a lot of issues that have come to light where we're like, hey, we are usually on a competition schedule and we're usually getting ready for the next one and traveling here and doing this and that. And there's a whole bunch of chaos going on of athletics. And now it's been like a, a like really special Kairos moment of like, where's our sport at? And wait, how are we advocating for, you know, women and Greco and freestyle or, you know, minority rights or women's rights, like um, representation, all this stuff has, has come, um, has surfaced. And so, you know, I think that has had its own chaos. And I think that it has added, you know, to that progression. And I think how we move forward to, um, you know, just, just keep doing what we're doing, just keep progressing, just keep getting girls on the mat, keep showing up, keep talking about it and not, you know, I wouldn't say force it. I, I think like, you know, sometimes there's too much and, and people start to block those things out. And there's so much happening in women's wrestling. It's like, here, here, here. At some point you're like, man, I can't even keep up. And you kind of disengage. 
So I would say, you know, we've got to pick and choose the moment, you know, the steps towards that momentum and keep having the conversations, but also not overwhelm people with the information and say like, hey, we're here, we're present. We want to be represented. We want these opportunities like the men do um, to hammer it home. I don't know if that's the right approach, but to uh, people's on the forefront of their mind is really important. Awesome. Uh, Coach Donnie Simpson says, hope all is well, Jess. Hey, Coach, all's well over here. <laughs> Coach Donnie's been doing, uh, well, he was doing privates with uh, my kids. And then <clears throat> when we first got out in the open, the cases were down. So he came by the house, but then the cases jumped back up. So mama was like, you know, I'm married to a Hispanic girl. So when she says we're not doing something, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I understand. So that is great information to put out there. Yes. I, yes, I say yes. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And, uh, you know, mama bear. <laughs> so I leave her alone, but uh, it's cool. Well, uh, man, it's been awesome. I mean, we could go on for hours, right? I mean, it's just been amazing. Uh, I do have, um, I do have 10 questions for you. Ready? All right. All right. So like I said, Cali beaches or Colorado mountains? Cali beaches. <laughs> All right. The Dave Schultz or the Bill Farrell? Dave Schultz. Cali, I hope I say this right. Cali Chiapino or Colorado Bison? Ooh, I'd say Colorado Bison. All right. <laughs> the Pan Ams or the Cadets? Pan Ams or the Cadets? Uh, cadets? Worlds? I don't know. Oh, okay. We're, oh, the Worlds. Okay. Cadets. <laughs> Sorry. Um, California oysters or Colorado trout? Ooh, Colorado trout. Reno or body bar? Body bar. Body bar. <laughs> Cali pizza or Colorado pizza? Which, you said Cali pizza? Yeah. A pizza? I'll go with Cali. Nice. The Tulsa or the Dixie? Tulsa. California burrito or Colorado chili verde? Colorado burrito all the way. <laughs> uh, California burrito all the way, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fargo or A6 Vaughn? Uh, Fargo. I think they're both freestyle, right? Did I get that right? Because mm -hmm. I usually like say Fargo or 32. And then when I did that the first time with a girl, she was like, uh, 32, we don't do folk style. We only do freestyle. So I asked the wrong questions. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me adjust it. So I found, <laughs> I found that one, A6 Vaughn. I found it because... Uh, Alexis had wrestled there, so I saw that. Okay. So I figured that's a girl tournament. So I, <laughs> I'm doing good. Well, that's cool, man. Well, you know, I tried to do a little bit of both sides of your world, you know, Cali. Yeah, no, I, I think you're doing phenomenal. And it was really fun just coming on. And again, like, I was like, who is this guy? But yeah. once I, you got my thumbs up. So I was like, all right, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> no. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, and I and I want people to look at the show, you know, and hit me up and call me. You know, I don't mind. Um, I'm here just trying to be a voice, and I hope that going into the school year, we can continue to do some stuff. And um, I don't know, just say, hey, you know, it's just uh, it's been cool. It's been fun. I've gotten to learn. I tell people I can't wait to to see wrestling through new eyes because I've done some things and learned some things over this summer. 
So when I go back to a tournament, it's going to be amazing to understand it at a different level. Like I, I've taken a couple different free courses online just to kind of learn. And um, so I, I think it'll be great. You know, like stupid things like he wasn't pinned, his shoulders weren't touching. And then they're like, your shoulders don't have to touch. It's your. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Or how is that a caution? It looked like every other person. I'm like, no, his feet weren't there or there. So. I kind of get it, you know, and I thought so maybe I won't be that parent anymore. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm working it out. And then just coaches like yourself teaching me how to be a parent too. Cause um, there's a lot of bad parenting. I think I did when he was coming off the mat and he's kind of adjusted me his, his self, like, Hey, you got to give me 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> talk to me. So I've learned that from him, but um I'm getting better, but I think through this, it'll be a different, it'll be a different parenting process. Cause I think I'm going to understand like, Hey, just leave them alone or Hey, <laughs> you know, ask, don't tell, you know, kind of thing. And I'm, so, so I, it is just a process and it's, it's cool. It's fun. It is fun. And I like your shirt. <laughs> ah, yes. I got two likes today for my Cheech and Chad. Better. Yeah. Well, Keep kicking life's ass and I appreciate you coming on and um, you have my link. I sent it to you. So uh, feel free to please share it with anybody that you feel would be beneficial to come on. And um, yeah, we'll do. And when I, um, when I usually towards the end of the week, I'll move that, I'll, I'll put them on YouTube and I'll put it on Apple and Spotify. When I do, I'll, I'll message you the links. So you have them. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You and too. Enjoy my favorite place in the world, Colorado. I love it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, this damn COVID ruined my trip this year. So damn you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you. Have a great All day. Right. Have a good one.